You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, tonight we're going to continue trying to trying to live with the times, trying to live with the times, trying to hold on to the Torah in uh, in in times when it's hard to hold on to the Torah. But as the pasuk says, If it were not for the Torah, which is my plaything, then I would have been lost in my impoverishment. And each and every person is impoverished and the world is impoverished and only a Kaddish Baruch Hu is rich. But ultimately, in a world that seems to be destitute, in a world that seems to be difficult, so the schluss is that we have the Torah. And, and the way that the Torah enlivens a person in times of difficulty is expressed in the Pasuk, Sha'ashuai, Lulei Sarascha Sha'ashuai, if it were not for the Torah, which were my plaything. Now, Sha'ashuim is one of the most incredible words, one of the most untranslatable words in the Torah. But Sha'ashua means an inner experience of joy, a back and forth that is not quite expressed externally yet as a manifestation, but rather the burgeoning and the growth of joy, a joy that begins to rumble just as a wave emerges from a rumbling that takes place far beneath the surface of the water. So too does the Sha'ashua, that inner movement, that friction of sorts, but not a negative friction, a friction that is born out of love and undying desire to move elsewhere and to return. Those nekudos of Hitznoitzitzitz, that spark of the Sha'ashua is described in the writings of the Malbush, in the Emekamelech, in the Lashem Shbev in the Rebbe's writings. That movement of Sha'ashua is what gives birth to the joy, because yes, we can't necessarily be Megaleh, Simcha Bachutziad, a person looks around at the world, a person looks around at whatever moment a person is going through, the weak, by definition, is a weak that makes it hard to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the goal is to find the Sha'ashua, to find that inner joy. And the Sha'ashua, as we know, is the Hamshacha of the highest lights in the world. Shin Ayin represents the, the highest light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu imaginable, drawing down this Sha, Sha, this quiet joy that calms a person, inners that calms a person inwardly, to draw that down, it comes from the place of Shanuhurim. It's the place of Keser. It's the place of Ratzon Belitam. Those Shanuhurim, those lights that emerge specifically from that place that we can't ever imagine light to emerge from. Those Sha'ashuan Ha'elyoinim that are drawn down. We see in the Haggadah that Arizal points out that Maisa in Rebbe Yazar ben Azariah, Maisa with Rebbe Akiva in Benebra, that Maisa is the Shama, it's Shin Ayin being drawn down to the question of Ma. The entire element of the Seder is to ask and understand the secret of Ma. What, why, how, questioning, the world of questioning, the ability for a Jewish person to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the She'ela, to say Ma, 
Ma, what is it? How is it? What's it going to be? The entire edifice of Pesach itself is built upon questioning, as we know that questioning is not symptomatic of the night, but rather it's constitutive of the night. Questioning is the essence of the night of Pesach, as Halacha brings down that you have to say the Haggadah over B'der She'el and even if you're a singular individual, you have to say it over B'der She'el because that secret of Ma, that secret of learning how to experience what it means to be a questioning person, is only answered when we learn how to draw the Shah Nuhurin into Ma, when we learn how to draw down that silent inner joy, that Shah, Shah, that Shahashua, which is the word Maisa, Shin, Ayin, and Ma. It's drawing down the light of Keser, that light of calmness, specifically into the questioning itself. That's Maisa Haya, it was a Maisa, that's the light of the Seder, where we learn how to see the Shah Nuhurin. And that or, that or of the Shah Nuhurin, of the Shahashuin Da'araisa, of that inner joy that comes specifically to answer questions is also the, the joy that we find in this week's Parsha. It just so happens that this week's Parsha teaches us how to live within the question itself, how to live as a question. That's the Iker Tachlis as we're going to see in this week's Parsha. And as Mamela, if this week's Parsha of the Matsura is teaching us how to ask a question, then the times that we find ourselves in, which are completely oriented towards questions, and the Chag of Pesach, which is completely oriented towards questions, it has to contain within itself that secret of the Sha'ashuin, that joy, that pleasure, that Shanhurin that comes down to shine the light of Keser, of indestructible will and light and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ultimate goodness in every single situation and the perpetual ge'ula and the kudav emes and everything. So that shanuhurin has to be in there somewhere. We have to learn how to draw that shanuhurin, the light of Keser, into the question itself to uncover the sha'ashu and the oraisa, that inner experience. And we find, the Oye of Yisrael points it out, but I believe the Arizal brings it down. It's also the Oye of Yisrael's yard site tonight, as far as I know, I, I believe it is. I saw that online earlier. But the Oye of Yisrael says an incredible thing. The Oye of Yisrael says that the Kohen, in order to be metakin the Mitzrayah, in order to undo the impurity or signify the, the beginning of a shift from impurity into purity, that the Kohen Gadol had to bring a, a two birds, two Tsipurim as a korban. And Tsipur, says the Oye of Yisrael, is the gematria of Shah, of, of, of 370. So the secret of the questions that a person finds themselves in as, as a result of tsara'as is going to be answered ultimately through the tahara of the tzipurim, to be like a bird that lives in questioning, to be like a bird that flies around to and fro without needing any particular space to camp oneself in order to be present. Like Moshe Rabbeinu who daven to be like a bird. And the Piazatz Nareba Hashemim Komdomo who describes at the end of Savaziru's how understandable that request is to be like a bird, to fly away, to, to move, to be me'ofeif. Like the Pasuk says, Mi iver kayona. who would give me a, a wing like a dove so I could fly? With one wing on the floor and one wing in the air, as the Malbim HaKadosh says, to be like a tzipor, to draw those shanuhurin, those lights of keser, that light of the or of Shabbos, into the questioning, into the ma. And that will give us the koyach of lulei sayroscha sha'ashuai azavadati bi'oni. If I did not understand the secret of the sha'ashuim of Torah, the secret of Torah moving internally, within the question itself, the mineyu bey, the secret of in and of itself, or the nukuda of a person asking himself and offering answers to the very questions one asks themselves, to question oneself and offer answers from within the very question itself. 
And that's the Kayach of the Sha'ashu and the Orais, and that's the Kayach of the Tahar of the Mitzvah, the Ayav Yisrael, whose yard said it is, tells us. And we're going to see that tonight's, tonight's Indian Be'ezras Hashem is going to be ultimately the question of what it means to be put into question, what it means to be a Mitzorah, what it means to live as and in and through the question so that we can arrive at Pesach Bezras Hashem, which, as the Sayyid Yisharim points out, is the Giloy of the Or HaSheela. It's the revelation of the light of questioning, how questioning represents the highest level imaginable, and Avodah Hashem represents the Bakasha, Ubikashta Misham, and, and yearning to come close. So the Pasuk says, Bezer Sashem, in Parakid Gimel, hold on, I just want to make sure I have the right, uh, I have the right Pasuk. So the Pasuk is telling us, Pasuk is telling us, I'm sorry, I can't find the Pasuk right now. Pasuk is telling us that when a person has a house that has a, a, a questionable status of tsara'as, questionable status of tsara'as, so what a person is meant to do is they're not meant to say that there's most certainly tsara'as, but rather they're, go, they're meant to go out and seek out the inside of the Kohen to reveal whether that house has tsara'as or not. And the proof text to this reality that a person cannot proclaim tsara'as in and of them own opinions, and they have to go and find the Kohen, is brought from the Pasuk of a person is in their house and they find something that looks kanega. Kanega nearly. It appears to me as a blemish. Kanega nearly. And what Rashi says, Beferush, pointing out this extra chafadimion, that it's not a nega that appears to me, it's not a blemish in the home that appears to me of tsara'as in the house, but it appears to be a, a, a possible tsara'as, a doubtful, a, a potential state of tsara'as. And Rashi says that from here we learn that even if a person is a Tamar Chacham, even if a person knows with absolute certainty the reality of the status of that nega in their house, they still should not make a decision for themselves with regards to the impurity of the home, but rather they should go and ask insight from a Kohen. That's why it says Kan Nega, because the individual, even the Tamar Chacham, even if they know it's an actual nega, even if they know it's an actual blemish, an actual issue, the individual is meant to make it dependent, contingent on some future clarification of the Kohen. It stands in a state of doubt. Kanega, it's not certain, and a person doesn't have the ability to be matama their house on their own. A person cannot testify to the impurity of their home. They need, there's a mitzvah miyuchedes. There's a specific mitzvah of going out and asking the Kohen to come and check in on the status of the house, to check in on the condition, even if the individual themselves would know. And that's why it says Kanega. And there's a Mesorah on that Pasuk. There's a, a Beis B'Mesorah. And what the Mesorah tells us is that this Kanega Nirali, it appears to me that this is a blemish. As the Balaturim points out and the Mepharshe HaMesorah ha point out, the Pasuk of, of, of Nira, the Gzera Shava of the fact that the word Nira is brought here, ka, ka nega nirali, 
it appears to me in my mind's eye, specifically the sense of a vision, immediately connects us to the Pasuk of Meracho Kashem Nirali, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to me from a distance. And that place of Meracho Kashem Nirali, that place of Kanega Nirali, that place of standing within the Chafa Dimyon, standing within that site of uncertainty, not knowing with certainty, being caught up in a state of doubt as to what the actual status is, brings us directly in contact, spiritually and textually, with the reality of Meracho Kashem Nirali, that very often it appears that a Kaddish Baruch Hu appears to be by way of a distance. The concept of Tsara'as, the concept of what the Zohar Kaddish refers to as Sagiru Dinahurin, the closing off of the lights, the loss of the light of Chachma, the inability to see the big picture of something anymore, the inability to see how things actually are, not as they simply appear, but as they actually are in their spiritual essence. When I lose that ability of the Nuhurin, of that light of my mind that allows me to see things in a whole, I immediately fall into that space of Tsara'as. I fall into that space of Lashon Hara. I fall into that space of self-certitude. Lashon Hara, on a certain level, is, is speaking with certainty about another person. But it's a certainty that emerges out of our terror of uncertainty. Because I'm uncomfortable with myself, because I don't know the certitude of myself, or who I am, or my value, or what I'm worth, or what my actions are actually indicative of, if I'm totally the suffake, if I, if I doubt myself completely, then I'm going to try and, and grab hold of any certainty in my life. And the only certainty I can have is an ayin hara, to look bad at another person. I don't know about myself, but what I can be certain in is, is, is that person is, is, is wrong also, or that person is also broken. And a person, a person begins to speak Lashon Hara, begins to see the world negatively, specifically when they, when they lack the certainty of themselves. Certainty that an individual needs in order to, to be comfortable with themselves, to not speak Lashon Hara, that light of Chachma, it's a, it's a comfortability with not knowing the essence of who we are. Try as we might, we're not going to uncover the essence of who we are. But when a person is terrified of that, when a person feels that without certainty, I have no ground to stand upon, without certainty, my identity becomes wounded, without knowing with absolute certainty that I'm loved, that I'm seen, that I'm, that I'm acknowledged, there's a terror in the face of that uncertainty. So we try and grab hold of any certitude that is going to satisfy us. And what comes most easily to us is to look at the world negatively, to look at other people negatively, to speak Lashon Hara, to speak negatively about another person, to see separation. Again, like we spoke about last week, when I lose that vision of Chachma, I begin speaking Lashon Hara because I'm no longer comfortable with, with myself. I no longer see myself as a cohesive unit. I need, I need affirmation. And in the absence of affirmation, because no matter what affirmation a person gets, it's never enough affirmation, because the affirmation that one needs is always one step beyond the affirmation that one gets. That's the, the klala of kayin. That's the novenadiyah ba'aretz. But when I feel that I don't have the affirmation that I need, so then I begin affirming myself by way of denying the other. 
I begin building myself up specifically on another person, specifically on another person's mis misdeeds or misrepresentations. That's the Nakuda of Lashon Hara. It's a need to speak about another person because I feel so uncomfortable within myself that at least I could spend time breaking another person down. That happens when we lose the, the vision of Chachma, the Segiru Dinahurin, and then we enter into a state of Tsaras, of being a Mitzora, of being a leper, of being Chutzlamachana, no longer being able to see cohesiveness, calmness, always living with the sense of they can take from me and they can take from me and there's not enough, as opposed to the world of Chachma, which is enoughness, which is meaning the level of Chachma, it's enough with just a hint because I don't need the whole thing. I see myself as a cohesive whole. What version, what possible version of goodness can emerge from me talking about another person? But in the world of Bina, in the world of Sigiru Dinahurin, in a world of Lashanahara, in a world of falling into the death of speech, into that exile of speech where speech is no longer utilized to express connectivity, but rather used as swords that sever connection, which is the negative language of Paro, which is the negative place of Mitzrayim, when we fall into that world of separateness and use our language and our ways of communicating to, to break another person down for the sake of building a person up, so then we fall into a place of Lashon Hara, of concealment, of, of, of needing to see the deficiency in the other. And what the Torah HaKadosh is perhaps teaching us on a certain level is that if a person finds themselves surrounded by Tsaras, if Tsaras is infiltrated into a person's home, if Tsaras no longer just affects the person's body as they're outside the home, but it affects the home as well, a person doesn't even have a safe place to go to anymore. Typically, there's an Adam and there's a bias. The Adam goes into the bias and out of the bias. If the Adam is defiled in one way or another, at least they could return to their bias where they can cultivate a sense of silent Kedusha, of Sha'ashua, of joy, of experience, of, of happiness and gladness. But then there comes a Darga when a person enters into Eretz Canaan in the beginning, when a person goes into that place of Hachna'a, of learning what it means to acknowledge the smallness of the self, to learn how to properly diminish one's sense of self in the healthiest way possible. What's going to happen, Bidaraklal, is we're going to find Saras and our bias. Even the calmness of our homes are going to begin to, to be attacked with the possibility with the possibility of infection, with the possibility of defilement, with the possibility of concealment and segiru dinahurin. That even the chachma habayis, even the chachma of the house, voracious, b'chachma, that the beis racious, that place of homeness, of homeliness, that place of chachma, even that place begins to be defiled a little bit. And so the Torah's Eitzah is don't look at it with certainty. Stop demanding certainty. You don't need the certainty. Don't say nega hayali. Don't say it's terrible. Don't say it's an actual nega with absolute certainty. I don't need anybody else's advice. I'm the judge and I'm the jury and I'm the executioner of the reality of this moment. Rather say ka nega nirali. You should say it appears to me as if it might be a nega. It might be a blemish. Because ultimately it's not on us to interpret our maladies. It's on us to bring it to the Kohen. Even if we know with certainty how defiled we are, even if we know with absolute certainty that the home is defiled, that the body, that the mind has all been 
covered over in whatever way it gets covered over by tsaraas when the lights go out in a person's mind. That's Sagiru Dinahurin, that Saraas, that being caught up in the in the Gullah Sadibor, in that exiled speech, which only echoes within my own mind and forces me to speak negatively about another person. Even though I know I'm there, it's Gam Kielach Begait Samavas, Loirora Kiati Madi. HaKadosh Parhu is saying, don't say it with certainty, say Kanega nearly. Put yourself in doubt. Maybe you don't know. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we can't trust our deeply held knowledge and, and belief about what, what our actual value and worth is. Maybe we're biased. Maybe we can't be made on ourselves. Because the Adam is karavesal atzmo, and a person sees all nagayim chutzme negay atzmo. A person can see all the nagayim in the world except for the nagayim within themselves. And Bidarakla, what that means is that I look at the faults in everybody else but I'm unwilling to look at the faults in myself as if I'm arrogant. But in truth, what it might also mean is that even when I see my own faults, even when I believe so deeply in my own faults, it's not up to me. A person can see all the other Nagayim, but they can't see their own Nagayim. Even when you see them, you can't see them. It's not your eyes to see. You have to bring it to the Kohen. Even if you're a Tamar Chacham, even if you know with absolute certainty, the Iker Avoida is to understand that sometimes it's Merach Kashem Nirali, like the Mitzorah points out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to me when I acknowledge that I don't know. What we learn in Parshas Parah is what Shlomo Amelech, the smartest individual in the world, says, the Merkava to Chachma Shlomo, the Merkava to Chachma on a smaller level. I thought I was wise and it's distant from me. It's distant. It's distant. I thought I was wise. I thought I understood. I thought I knew the status of my condition. I thought I could say because I'm a Tamil Chacham that Negahu, it's deficient. The world is deficient. The situation is deficient. I'm deficient. And what the Torah is teaching us is that no, say Kanega, it makes absolutely no difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears specifically when you realize, I thought I had it, but it's far from me. That nearly, that it appears to me is the willingness of an individual to, to, to allow ourselves for but a moment to possibly be wrong. Not wrong in a deficient type of way of getting the answer wrong, but wrong in the sense that perhaps all of our assumptions and deeply held beliefs that keep us stuck in negative behaviors and gullus and the, and the cutting edge of exile that seeks separation rather than unification and interconnection, that perhaps I'm wrong about my assumptions in this world. Perhaps I should just walk with a little bit more tamimus and pshitus with simplicity and bring my Nagaim to the Kohen and allow the Kohen to say what the status is. It's not enough for us to feel that we can take our spiritual temperature at every moment. This is why a person needs to find Sadiqim, both in this world and in the Svarim, or Rebbeim. Because a Rebbe is a Kohen, it's somebody a person can go to and say, here, here is my Nega, look at it, it's Kanega nearly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, Rabbi. Tell me. I don't know. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't know what it is. That's the avoida of turning HaKadosh Baruch Hu into one tzaddik, of tzaddiko shel olam. And I'm covering the tzaddik within each and every one of us. That amich kulam tzaddikim. That there's the amich kulam tzaddikim of each and every person. There's the tzaddik said olam of the tzaddikim amitim. And there's the tzaddiko shel olam, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the tzaddik said, Oilam, the tzaddiks in our generation and the tzaddikim amitim throughout the generations are like Rabbeinu teaches us, a shadchan. 
There are shadchim between the tzaddik within the individual, which is amichulam tzaddikim, and the tzaddikos shalolam, which is the tzipus of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the righteousness of all things. And then there's the tzaddik yisod olam, who has a yisod is makasher between the amichulam tzaddikim and the tzaddikos shalolam. Arkadekach, that all it is is the tzaddikos shalolam. All it is is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. A person needs to bring it to Hakadosh Baruch Hu to bring my problems. Hakadosh Baruch Hu kanega nearly. It appears to me, and it could be. It could be very well, it could be very well that it is a nega. The Kohen might say, I'm sorry, this is total impurity. But when the Kohen says it, it's different. When the Kohen says it, there's also a promise of tikkun. Now we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in our burden as well. It's not just my nega anymore. Now it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's nega. Now it's the tzaddik's nega. Now it's my rebbe's nega. Now it's Knesset Yisrael's nega. When I connect my tsar to the tsar of the Shechina, so I'm no longer relying on my own strength to alleviate it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is poel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the tzaddikim are poel to be mafig that tsar, to be metahir the metzairah, like the Zohar HaKadosh says, to be metahir that richuk between the Shechina and Kudshah When a person brings it to the Kohen, the Kohen says, I'll carry it. The Kohanim have big shoulders. The Kohanim are willing to carry the burden, the Nagayim. And even if the Tzaddik has to say, and the Kohen has to say, it's a Nega, a person has to you know, deal with this Indian or clarify this Indian, or maybe you're right about a certain character defect that you might have. Nevertheless, it's B'darach Ahava, it's by way of love, it's by way of fixing, it's with eyes of, of Kedusha. When we look at our deficiencies, when we study ourselves with these, with these tools of certainty, these tools of absolute knowledge. So then what we say about ourselves are ultimately very difficult to shake ourselves out of. And what begins as a cognitive deficiency and what begins as a cognitive distortion and untrue thought that emerged into my mind one random afternoon, after years of thinking the same way in the old unhealthy thoughts, person comes to find that the, their mind has become an avoidazara, it's an idol, it's a foreign idol, because now those negative thoughts have been engraved into stone and I can't break free of them. So we bring it to the Kohen and we say to the Kohen here, Kanega nearly, it appears to me that it's like a nega. And then the, the Kohen sees it. The Eine HaChachamim, the eyes of the Chachamim, which are mamtik. Eine Hashem Lekecha Ba'aretz Meresha Sashana Arachra Sashana. That the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the eyes of the Tzadikim are on Eretz Yisrael, are with Eretz Yisrael, in the houses of Eretz Yisrael, in the places of Eretz Yisrael. In every place, that's where the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found. The light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found specifically in that place when we bring it to the Kohen, when we bring it to somebody to say, here, this is my nega. I have this nega, I have this blemish, I have this deficiency, but now I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it with somebody, I'm sharing it with the Kohen. At that point, we begin to understand the secret of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to me from a distance, specifically from that far place where I thought I finally gave up. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything at all. At that place where I thought I'm losing hope, ultimately the Kohen comes and teaches me how to properly bring my nega, how to properly bring that deficiency. And the next Pasuk tells us that the first thing the Kohen does is he cleans out the house, he cleans it out. He removes you from the problem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his boidudus, when a person talks to another person or to HaKadosh Baruch Hu or to a friend about their problem, what we do is we separate ourselves from it. 
or panuya sabayas, take yourself out of the house. Look at the problems from a position of distance. Look at the problems with the eyes of the tzaddik. Look at the problems as not who you are, but something that you do. Not the essence of yourself, but an expression of yourself. The ultimate distinction between guilt and shame. Guilt says I have done something wrong. Shame says I am something wrong. When I'm in the bias, when I'm trying to look at the nagayim of my heart, and I say with certainty they're nagayim, I know they're nagayim, they can never be fixed. At that point, I'm keeping myself stuck. I'm keeping myself stuck with, with, with shame. I am the problem. What the Kohen Agadol does, what the Kohanim, what the Tzadikim, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, what all of the living and dead Tzadikim do for us, is they clean out the house, vacate, make space, separate yourself from your problem. Minimize it, separate yourself from it, and sweeten it. Until you separate yourself from your problem, a person cannot objectively look at their problem. And you can't objectively remove yourself from your problem until you bring it to the tzaddik, until you bring it to the tzaddik of shalom, until you bring it to the kohen, until you bring it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his voidudas and vidui and whatever avoid it is, to finally be honest and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, kanega nearly, I don't know. And then the Einei Hashem Alekecha, the Einayim of the Tzadik come and they either tell us, you know, okay, so it's going to be a week of Bedidut and it's going to be a week of rectifications and different Tikkunim and this and that. Each person comes to their Tikkun as the Tzadikim teach us, one way or another. The only Bechira is whether it's going to be by way of Marjror, as Rav Yitzhak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita points out, a way of freedom and freedom of self, or is it going to be by way of Marirus, of bitterness? But how we end up there, where we end up, that's not up to us. The only thing up to us is whether it's going to be by way of pleasantness or it's going to be by way of bitterness. And that's, again, the avoida of Leal Pesach, of engaging with the maror, is to chew the maror enough to realize that ultimately, I don't want the maror. I want the matzah. I want the shulchan aruch. I don't want that bitterness. I don't want to go through the world through eyes of bitterness. I want to go to the world and I want to rectify my nega'im with eyes of pleasantness, with eyes of marjor, with freedom. But we arrive at our tikkun, and the Kohanim and the Tzadikim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us our tikkunim. And our tikkunim are every nekuda of Yisurin, bad feelings, bad thoughts, all of that is a process of Elecha Hargenu Kalayom HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we give our lives for you every day. That nekuda of Mesiris Nefesh inherent within every encounter with the self, within the willingness to descend deeper and deeper into the recesses of the self, to be metakin midos ra'os, to let go of character distortions and character defects, and to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the tshuva mimamakim, in that darga of merachu kashem nearly. And the only way through this is when we uncover the secret of kanega, it appears to me like a nega. That chafadimyon that Rabbeinu refers to as the light of keser, the light of the sha'ashuin, the Meshilach points this out as well with regards to Kedush on the highest level. I am HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your God, who has taken you out of Mitzrayim. Zot the Meshilach. Why does it not say, Ani Hashem Elokecha? I am Hashem, your God. Why does it say, Anoichi Hashem Elokecha? Why is there a Chaf HaDimyon? Why is there an additional Chaf that appears to make it Tolu and Safek and not knowing? And that in truth, we can never know anything. We can never know anything with absolute certainty. Because we're subjectively connected to everything as creatures. We can only bring it to the tzaddikim and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we can't be masigan ani. We can't grasp the, the ani, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, except by way of the chafadimyon, except by way of imaginings, that at best it's still caught up in the, the ultimate 
conception of human susceptibility to error, which necessitates faith as the direct or most direct or direct through indirection path to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I let go of the need for absolute knowledge and I live in the Chafadimya. And that secret of of Anoichi, of Kanega Nirali, of Bechol Dor Vador, Tzarech Adam Lirai, Sasatzma, Ke'ilu Yatzamei Mitzrayim, Ke'ilu, Kanega. It's all caught up in a mystery because I don't know. And when I recognize I don't know, then it's at pasachlo. When I recognize I'm a sha'ene yadei alishal, I don't even know how to ask the question, Rabbi Shleilam. Kanega nearly, I'm finally learning to recognize and admit that it's all a question to me. At that moment, we get the answer. At that moment, we uncover the secret of the light of, of, of the, the tzadiko shal olam who's able to be metaher who's able to say yes when you admit that you don't know, at that moment, the person connects themselves to the tzaddikim, and then there's no difference between distance and closeness. It's meirachu kashem nearly. Even the distance is close to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even the sagiru dinahiru is close to you. Like Rabbeinu teaches that the tzaddik MS's job is to teach those who are below that they're above, and those who are above that they're below. To teach us that we don't know to teach oneself to say, I don't know, to be to that darga of the sha'ashuim, of reishad lois yada, of the ultimate reality that we don't know anything, and that's the highest level of knowledge that we can grasp. And at that point, it gets brought to the Kohen, and the Kohen clears the house out. And now the Kohen is ready to address the issue. The Piyazat Narebbe, to end, the Piyazat Narebbe, Hashem Yom Komdomer, of Kalanimus Kalman Shapira, of Piyazatna writes in the Eish Kodesh a, a very, very, uh, the entire Sefer is Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Piazetzna Hashem Yom Komdoma writes as follows. He says, the Medrash tells us that because the Tzara'as and the houses, as the Meforshim point out, as the Bnei Sosker points out, were ultimately the residual impurity of the Amorayim and the Moriam and the Kananim and the Oivdev uh, the Zara and that residual intensity that is, was encrusted within the land of Eretz Yisrael. So the homes contained a, a residual sense of impurity. And until they came in to reveal that those homes had Sara'as on them when they said, and then the homes would ultimately be destroyed. And what happened was that in those destroyed homes, they found the treasures that the departing and retreating nations had hidden their walls because they knew they had to escape. So as the Rebbe, as the Piazetzna Rebbe, Hashem Yim Komdomo is describing the nature of the Memtes Yimei Svira, how they appear to be dark days, but in truth represent the loftiest and brightest days. He describes it as matmoinim, matmoinim, hidden treasures, because it's Memtes Moinim, we count 49 days. But he says that the secret of Tsaras and the bias is the secret that hidden within our deficiencies, hidden within those areas of impurity in our lives, those areas of chametz in our lives, those areas that we're most stuck in. It's specifically there that when a person works through them properly and uncovers and separates themselves and sweetens it and elevates it, and a person learns how to bring their problem to the Kohen, how to bring their problem to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, here is my list of things that are bothering me. These are the things that hurt me. These are the things that hurt me. And as Rav Nachman says, Halavai, a person should recognize in their pain that, wow, the Shnina HaKadosha is letting me in on the pain that she's experiencing. And at that moment, our deficiencies and our pain is transformed into the greatest level of Kedusha of identifying with the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. And at that moment, that, that darkness, that Sara'as, is transformed into the beautiful treasures. 
All darkness contains within itself at its core a profound light, and specifically within our willingness to abandon the absolute grasp of knowledge that we feel we need in this world, we allow ourselves to live in the question, to live with the questions of Pesach, to be put into doubt, to not know, to be impoverished, to ask questions, to ask questions to ourselves, to continue to ask questions, to ask questions on the questions, and not to demand answers. The deepest answer to the question is the willingness to live in the question, that the question precedes an answer. The question is the original, is the original expression. You want to get to those first days, learn how to ask questions. And in that way, we learn to accept upon ourselves our ultimate sveikos. And when we connect ourselves to our ultimate sveikos, we enter into the chamber of amuna, of faith beyond absolute certainty. And we realize that the only certainty of the world is it's the, the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is the most certain thing. And it's so certain that it is present even within doubt itself. And we're zoicha to the gula of Mitzrayim, to the gula Dibor, to the willingness to talk nicely about other people, to speak calmly about other people, to say good things about the world, to say good things about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how wonderfully HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world and the chasadim and the toivim and the yeshuos, the neflos and all of the amazing things that happen each and every moment in a person's life. To have a Pesach, to have a mouth that is filled with praise and gratitude for every element of chayus and chayim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu places within a person's heart or in their minds or any nekuda of yahadus, any awareness of being Jewish, of ashreinu matayv chalkeinu, of eating matzah, of getting rid of chametz, and a person should learn how to see the world with eyes of Kedush and Tara, with eyes of the Kohen Gadol, with eyes of the Tzadikim, with eyes of the Tzadikish Olam, and embrace the fact that we don't know, we're besafik and that's okay, we don't know, and that's exactly how we connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to fix that absolute idolatry of knowledge, to allow ourselves to live suspended in disbelief for a moment, so that we can taste the sweet pleasure of the Sha'ashu'e Amuna, that, that, that playfulness of Amuna, which is built specifically upon upon the ultimate inability to know anything. Be'ezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.